0: This episode of the Alley on the Run show is brought to you by Aftershocks. Welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm Alley Feller and I'm your host. I'm a freelance writer and editor, a runner, a new mom to six month old Annie, and a seasoned dog mom to three year old Ellie. Every week on the Alley on the Run show, I talk with inspiring people who lead interesting lives on the run and beyond. And while running is what brings us all together, on these episodes, I'm looking for more. So join me right here every Thursday to learn about the decisions people have made to get where they are today, the good ones and the bad ones, and how getting sweaty has factored in. My guest today is Grace Atwood. If you're one of her 100,000 Instagram followers, you're well versed in what makes Grace so great in a crowded world of influencers. Grace is the blogger behind the wildly successful blog The Stripe. She's the co-host of the Bat on Paper podcast which is about to go on a live show tour and she's a lover of fashion, beauty products reading and her cat. She leads with integrity. She's super honest and she's tons of fun. So let's go have tons of fun. Here's Grace Atwood. All right, Grace Atwood, welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm so excited to sit with you today.
1: I'm so excited. Thank you for having me.
0: It's great to meet in real life. I followed you for quite some time. Now we get to be real life friends. Yes,
1: I love that. Yeah,
0: that's what this is. I'm going to, for the next hour, just try to convince you to be my friend is how this is going to work. That's what
1: we always say with our guests on my podcast. I'm like, I'm really just in here to make new friends.
0: Exactly. It's a selfish endeavor. So give everyone the brief intro, who you are, where you're from, what you do.
1: Okay, so I'm originally from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I run a lifestyle site called thestripe.com. I'm also one of the co-hosts of the podcast Bad on Paper. Bad on Paper is a podcast all about – it started as, like, a digital book club, but it's become a lot more than that. Like, it's kind of just – we do really fun interviews with cool women that we admire, um, sometimes men too, so not just girls. But um, I do that with my really good friend, Becca – And then I have an Instagram account. I'd say those are my three big things. Right, we're
0: gonna get into all of that. I feel like it's rare to hear from people that grew up on Cape Cod.
1: Right? Everyone is like, wait, oh I had a summer house there. Is that what you mean? I'm like, no, no, like my parents owned a restaurant, which is why I'm so into food. They owned a restaurant on Cape Cod. They actually just sold it. And so I grew up like in a restaurant on Cape Cod.
0: So did you also then grow up knowing that going into business for yourself was an option?
1: Not really. I always, like, thought that I needed to be, like, a, this business person, I think. It wasn't, like, there wasn't a lot of industry on Cape Cod. So, and I I saw people who were writers and things, like, writing for the local paper. Um, there weren't blo- There definitely was not blogs. There was barely the internet when I was growing up. We got internet in seventh grade, and it was, like, a dial-up connection, and I'd always be on it. And my parents would be, like, stop using that. You're using our phone line. Like, AOL, instant messenger, all of that. So, I had no, I really I was like, I want to be a fashion buyer. That was because my mom had a friend who was a fashion buyer. And I was like, that sounds great. You get to shop and pick out clothes. I ended up becoming a buyer, and it's not that. But um, I didn't really ever think of working for myself. Like, I just, and I also knew that I did not want to have a restaurant because I saw how hard my parents
0: worked. Uh, well it's funny that you say you saw how hard they worked, which we're gonna get into how hard you are now working <laughs> doing what you're doing. But didn't you go to business school?
1: I did. So my um oh you did your research. My brother <laughs> and
0: sister in law went to Bentley and that's oh, where they yeah. met.
1: So I went to Bentley College. I um I transferred there my sophomore year. I was originally an English major at Stonehill College and I was really unhappy at Stonehill. So I transferred to Bentley. I was I started as a marketing major found that marketing wasn't, like, I've, I've always found marketing, like, at least the stuff we were studying back then, because there was no digital marketing back then. This was 2000. Like, most of the stuff was really intuitive. And I was like, I'm paying so much money for this education. So I switched my major to finance, because it was more challenging. But also, there was a little bit of a motive there, because I had heard that the department store I wanted to become a buyer for preferred finance majors to marketing majors because it is a very analytical job. So I was like, oh, I'll just change my major to finance. What store? Filene's Department Stores. It's gone now. It's part of Macy's.
0: Okay. So talk to me about the the career evolution. Um, We're going to talk about the Stripe, about your blog and how you've done all that. If you had to put a mission statement on your blog, what would it be? What's your goal?
1: I would say that I want my blog to be a place where women of all ages of like all women really I mean if we're really honing in I'd say that my like core demographic is like that 25 to 40 year old woman can go and find inspiration so I want them to come and maybe they learn about a great new travel destination that day or maybe it's a new beauty product that they have to try the core thing uniting everything I write about is that it's all just things that I really love so one day it's travel, one day it's fashion, one day it's um, a beauty post. And I try and also add in more personal content, too, just to to share it. Because I, fo- I have found, like, at first sharing your struggles on the blog felt, A, really public and scary, but also a little bit self-indulgent. Like, why would people want to read about, like, my breakup or, like, this terrible person or, you know, my insecurity or my shitty week that I just had? Like, you never – I never want to come across as, like, a whiner. So it was really scary to put some of those more personal things out there. But then it's like you write about something hard that you went through and people who have also gone through it feel less alone. And so that's really why I share, like, the less – pretty sparkly sides of life is that i i never want i always want to share like the the harder stuff because i think that people it makes my readers feel less alone when they're going through something like that and you know maybe they're not going through that breakup or like i wrote about having a friend pass away earlier this year but maybe they'll forward it on to someone who has been there and that post will help them in some way
0: it's so funny that you use the breakup example i was writing about running for like a year on my blog decided to write about a breakup I went through and boom blog blows up overnight like still that was the post I'm like come on I was I was pouring my guts out about these marathon training runs I was going on but yeah it's the personal stuff for sure Mm -hmm. um is that your most popular stuff that you share
1: that and beauty I think that I mean I'm lucky I have really good skin and I um not today I look like I just looked in the mirror you look was great. terrified no I don't but thank you <laughs> um I think that I've really worked hard to learn a lot about the skincare industry so I would say that skincare and personal stuff is kind of the most popular
0: is that hard sharing stuff about skincare because that's where I know nothing and you're recommending stuff that people are putting on their face yeah is that is there a, like a stress it sounds
1: it is it is, but I always say, like, this is what works for Got me. It. Like, if you have oily skin or acne skin, do not listen to my recommendations because I have really dry, like, lizard skin. So I'm going to use, like, the thickest moisturizer out there. So don't, don't put that on your skin if you have acne. If you have really sensitive skin, do not use the retinol treatment that I swear by before bed. So I always, like, I at least try and always say, sometimes I forget, like, I'm like, these are the things that you should use if you have a skin like mine. Yeah.
0: Don't sue me if you like <laughs> light your face on fire because this didn't work for you. Yeah, Smart disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The road to becoming a full-time blogger. What has that looked like for you?
1: So it was a little bit accidental to be honest. So keep in mind, because I always tell this to people, I'm 37. So I had a long career before blogging and I have a lot of younger friends that are, you know, just turning 30 now, and they've been blogging since they were 20. So I started my career as an assistant buyer for in the buying office. I used that finance degree to get the job I wanted. I was working in fragrances, and I worked there for three and a half years in Boston. And then Macy's bought us, and I did not want to go to Macy's. I did not want to go to any of the local Boston stores that also had buyers I think at the time it was like Talbot's and J. Jill and like I shop at Talbot's now but I was 23 or 24 and I was like no I'm not going to work there so I um, ended up I was the assistant buyer of women's fragrances and I ended up talking to all my fragrance contacts being like, you know, I'm thinking about moving to New York, this and that. Like, do you have any like assistant marketing manager roles? And there was this one company, Cosmopolitan Cosmetics, and they had just been bought by Procter & Gamble and they offered me a job as a marketing manager. So I packed up my bags. I moved to New York. I mean, before New York, I had to, I lived in New Jersey with my aunt for for three months.
0: Yeah, Jersey. (laughs) I know, not your dream, but Um, Jersey Pride.
1: (laughs) Well, it was great because I had to save up for first, last, and security. And then one of my friends from Boston was also moving. She got a job at Macy's. We ended up becoming the best of friends because we shared a one-bedroom apartment in Stuy Like We made a wall with bookshelves, did the whole thing so that we could afford to live in the city. And I started working for Procter & Gamble. So I was there for three and a half years. I learned so much. Um, I had a great experience. I think that P&G is kind of like the Harvard of marketing. It was such a great place to kind of learn like how marketing works, like how to put your consumer first, the whole thing. Then I got laid off. So that was like heartbreaking, but it was 2008. It was like the height of the recession. Oh God.
0: Worst time to get laid off. Worst
1: time to get laid off. Um, they cut 40% of our marketing team. Yeah. (sighs) So then, but I lucked out. I got a job really quickly and I used my severance package to go to Greece for 2
0: weeks. Oh, it's amazing. So
1: my like I feel like I have a very lucky layoff story. I'm like, <laughs> well, I got another job and I went on a trip. So I went, so I went to Cody from there and I loved Cody, but I had this nightmare boss. I don't think she still works for the company. She actually ended up like, I think she's no longer allowed. was no longer allowed to manage people after me and one other person had a really bad experience. So she was a nightmare. She would um, have me, I, had, I, I was on nail polish, and I remember, like, she just was, like, determined to knock me down because at the time I had, like, six years of experience, and I was brought in as, like, a marketing manager. I had my own office. I had direct reports. Like, I was like, I'm doing pretty well. And she was just like here are 100 bottles of pale pink nail polish. I'm going to need you to sort them by opacity. So, you know, there's, if you look at, I know so much about nail polish from my, like, year and a (laughs) half working on Sally Hansen. Um, A, you know, Mademoiselle is much more sheer than, say, Ballet Slippers and Essie. But then there's, you know, 50 nail polish brands. So I was sitting there like, painting them on my nails, like, at, like, 9 p.m. I was so miserable. I wanted to cry <laughs> on top of, like, developing these marketing plans and running their p and statements. So I was just like, I hate this. So I started a blog as a – just, like, a fun outlet. I was like, I'm just going to write about the things I like when I get home at night. I want to cry because I hate my life. <laughs> um, So I – it was called Stripes and Sequins. This was January of 2010. And it just became this fun project. And then I started doing – do-it-yourself projects so i would see because i wasn't earning like that much money i i um i would see things on gossip girl that i really liked like a danny joe necklace that serena was wearing and it was 800 dollars. i was like i'm gonna figure out how to make this so i went to the bead store i found like the sparkly beads the turquoise stones and i just recreated it and then showed how to do that on my blog and that's when it started to get more popular because there weren't a lot of people doing that there was like three or four other really great DIY sites. So I had, like, a weekly DIY. I shared beauty products I liked, clothes I liked. I mean, any collage back then was designed in Microsoft Paint. A lot of things were distorted (laughs) because you couldn't control, like, whether something stretched. I just, like, eyeballed it. Like, it was (laughs) bad. But it was my fun little project, and I never thought it was going to be anything more than a fun little project. But then, so miserable at Cody, I actually got moved back to fragrances, had a great boss, loved her. But a very small at the time startup called Bubble Bar approached me and they were like, we're looking for someone to run our social media. And I was like, cool, like, let me think of anyone I know. And they're like, no, we like you. I was like, I don't have any experience. But I think because I had built that little blog, I had worked for Procter & Gamble and Cody in marketing, they saw something in me. So they hired me.
0: So they found you through your blog, not through LinkedIn? No,
1: because I wrote about them on my blog. Got it. I did like a Microsoft Paint collage about their jewelry. I mean, and their photography was bad back then. My collage making was bad. It was all bad.
0: But you got hired.
1: I got hired. (laughs) I got a job. So I was just so proud that I got a job I was excited about from my blog. Again, I don't think I was really making any money from the blog at that time. I think I had like a few affiliate links on there because... Reward style, which again was a tiny startup back then, approached me. I was like, "You can like change those Shopbop links to our links and make like twenty dollars if someone buys those sunglasses." And I was like, "Cool!" I remember I made like sixty dollars. I was like, "I'm rich! Like <laughs> I can go buy like a new J Crew sweater!" Like it was. It was like so,
0: half of one. Yeah. Like, or J. Factory. Yeah. There you go. Exactly.
1: Well, <laughs> it was 2010, so it was like a little cheaper. But okay. But yeah, like half of one. Definitely not cashmere. <laughs> I was going
0: to say, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. uh The crew neck cashmere. I used to yeah. Be obsessed with those. Okay. So you started Bobble Bar. Were you happy?
1: Yes. I loved it. But I was working so much. And I was almost 30 at the time. So it was, you know, it was a lot to be working. Like we were, we just never stopped working. It, and that's how it is with a startup because you're always thinking about new ideas. You know, it's a tiny team and it was like if someone wanted to do something, we would just like pick up and roll with it. And that was my favorite part of working for a small company because if you have an idea and everyone agrees, like there was only four of us at the time, like it's pretty easy to make it happen. So I was at Bottle Bar for about four years. All the while, like they were growing, my blog was growing, and I thought like this – now when was this? This was – 2015 yes it was 2015 and I was so burnt out like I remember there was one weekend where I just laid in bed and watched like two seasons of The Good Wife and I was just so tired I had rebranded my site to the stripe.com and I was just I was like I am not going to be a full-time blogger like I am not going to do it like I don't want to do it why I I had this like stigma about it I like thought people would respect me less or think that I didn't have a job or like all the things like my parents were on board because I showed them the money. I was making more money from my blog than from my day job. And I was making pretty good money at my day job at that time. So it was a lot of money. And I saved and was responsible. And they were like, okay, we're on board. Like, you're miserable. Like, why don't you just see how this goes? You can always get another job. And that was something I hadn't really considered. Like, could always have an- get another job. I was friends with the girls at Bobble Bar. Like, if I was miserable and, like, maybe they would let me come back, like – I just, so I was like, I'm going to do it. So I originally went down to a consulting. So I worked for them two days a week. And it was a little, it was just still too much because I was, I had a lot of work to do in those two days and it, it was never enough.
0: It's like the same job, just yeah. crammed into two days. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I, I ultimately stopped doing that, worked for myself full time. I tried to like take on social media consulting clients because I wanted to tell people I was a blogger and social media consultant, but the money that I was making for consulting versus like a blog post or an Instagram, I was like getting so frustrated.
0: So (laughs) So. it was mostly, it's what you wanted to do. You were just more worried about other people seeing it a certain way. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And stability because that first month I had no sponsored content on my blog. Like it was... It was just there wasn't a demand for it. And then the next month, I had, like, double what I usually would get. So I was was scared. I was like, what if this doesn't work out? But that's the nature of this industry. And I think when you're self-employed, there's, like, feast or famine. Like, some months there is so much work. And other months there just isn't. So you have to become – you just have to, like, get used to – how. Things ebbing and flowing, not having a normal salary, you know, budgeting, saying I made so much money over the holiday season, like Q1 is going to be slow.
0: In terms of you mentioned that you didn't have any sponsored posts that particular month. So all this money you were making off your blog early on, if I can ask about money, yeah. was that all just affiliate links?
1: Affiliate links and sponsored
0: content. Okay, so yeah. it was from before as well. It was yeah. just that one month. It was that one month. Okay, I thought you were saying you had never done oh, it, and no, I was no. like, damn girl, what are you linking to? <laughs> no, no. I mean,
1: link to Nordstrom on there, they have a great affiliate program or Amazon, but um, definitely was doing sponsored <laughs> okay. content. It was just that one month. Got like, it. There was no demand. It was the first month I was by my, on my own. I was like, did I make a terrible yeah, mistake? <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So tell me about actually growing your site and your brand. I think a lot of people who have done this, they say like, oh, it was gradual. It's about being authentic. Yes, both true points. But yeah. can we talk tactically here? Like, what were you doing? Were you doing guest posts on other people's blogs? Were you, how were you getting the word out? What, what did you do to get where you are today?
1: You know, it was a lot of gradual growth. Like, I never was like sudden. One day I had 500 pages and the next day I had 10,000. It was very, very slow, subtle growth. But I will say, I did guest posts with other blogs. I networked a lot on Twitter. So I would retweet people that I thought were funny. I remember I grew a lot on Twitter from like live tweeting Gossip Girl and then like DKNY PR Girl retweeted me. And then it like, I started I grew because of that there were so many weird ways to grow on Instagram I remember like I wore a Rebecca Taylor purse and tagged her and she liked my photo and she regrammed it back then if someone regrammed your photo you could get like a thousand new followers in a day that doesn't happen now
0: yeah now everyone tags every brand in every post so I want to think
1: about like ways that you could do it now I've had a lot of luck with growing an email newsletter in that there's a program called, what is it called? It's called Dojo Mojo. And you can partner up with other brands and do giveaways to grow your email newsletter. And I found that my email newsletter drives a lot of traffic to my site as well as affiliate revenue. On Instagram, I think that it's having longer captions. I think it's showing a more personal side. I look at accounts that have grown more recently. Like look at um, Shanae Alexander. She does a great job. Everything she posts is so thoughtful and she's like built this community. And I would say that right now people want that more personal, heartfelt content. They want to feel like they're a part of a community doing, you know, question and answer sessions on Instagram is a really good one.
0: All right. So I'm glad you mentioned the longer Instagram captions because one thing I've noticed is that so many people who were bloggers have now just said, you know what, I'm just going to write my life story and in my Instagram posts and they don't blog anymore. You you haven't done the opposite, but your blog seems to be growing more than ever. What's made you stick with that when you could have just said, oh, I'm just going to do all this on Instagram?
1: Well, I can charge way more money for a blog post. So, like, financially, <laughs> there's that. <Smart. laughs> but also, it's – at the end of the day, I want to focus on what I can control, right? So, Instagram – oh, sorry. Another tip for growing on Instagram is they're now putting the TV in the feed and they show that, like, you know, Instagram always has its priorities. So, if I would say do, do one Instagram TV video a week if you can. Like, even if it's just, like, something really off the cuff, they – like, they show my posts. I, I don't remember what, but my Instagram TV videos get, you know, like 20,000 views. Go, girl. So do that.
0: Um, okay.
1: <laughs> what what was the question?
0: Um, you've stuck with blogging.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I want to focus on what I can control, right? So I always tell people your email list and your blog are the two things that you will always own. Instagram can change whatever they want. I remember when Pinterest banned affiliate links years ago and there were like p- people and I learned this from Bottle bar that were making $10,000 a month in affiliate links from Pinterest. Damn. I and missed then they out. lost that revenue. Ooh. Like could you imagine if you put all your eggs into Pinterest and then they just were like nope, sorry, you <laughs> yeah. can't do eggs that. Eggs gone. Yeah. Easter's over. So I just have always I first of all, I'm in the game for longevity. Like I want to have I, most bloggers I know don't agree. I want to have my blog when I'm 50 years old because I think that there will still be women reading it. I probably won't be doing outfit posts, like maybe I will.
0: I think you should. There's probably yeah. there's space in the market for that.
1: Yeah. So I have always just thought about like keeping like you know longevity and like continuing to grow my blog traffic in 2018 was up 36% versus 2017. Wow. Yeah. So I would say Instagram helped a lot with that, with the swipe up, but also SEO. So I've been really working on learning SEO and I have a SEO specialist that I have and she helps me. Like I pay her a retainer every month and she helps me with blog post topic ideas and keywords and like the whole thing.
0: So talk to me about the business side of things. How did you learn how much to charge for posts and how to how to navigate that. Do you have like a group text with Shanae Alexander and Katie Storino where you're like, hey, guys, so and so brand reached out. What do I charge? How do you know?
1: I should have that. So when I <laughs> when I don't, I, I talk very openly about money with my peers if they ask me. But um, what helped me a lot was when I was at Bobble Bar, seeing how other people were pricing things. And then from there, just increasing my rates accordingly. I have a manager, she helps me negotiate all my deals. And so we'll talk and I'll be like, you know, do you think it's time to increase our rates? Like traffic was up 36%, my Instagram following grew 10% this year. So doing that, like I never want to be like price myself out of the market with working with brands, but I also want to make sure that I'm being fairly compensated. So I find that if everyone is saying yes like really quickly, maybe it's time to increase the rates. But I don't have like a Real formal way of doing it. I still think that blog pricing and Instagram pricing is the wild, wild west. Yeah. Whereas podcast advertising is so different.
0: Yeah, yeah. But also not not very openly discussed. I'm yeah. always like, I want to start a group text with like yeah. all the podcasters I know because yeah. we can all just elevate the game together instead of just kind of guessing like, yeah, how am I pricing this? How'd you meet your manager?
1: Um, I met her through a good friend. Erica from Honestly WTF. So I was out in San Francisco visiting her, and she's like, oh, you should meet my manager, like this and that. And I didn't want to step on her toes and be like, oh, can she be my manager too? But I had just been working full time for myself. And Kristen, she's incredible, had, had was like, you know, if you need help, like I'm looking for more clients. And so she works for herself. She came from Say Media, so she's got like a very great, she's very professional. She um, has that advertising agency background. But she only has, I think, like five or six of us and manages, like, and what I like about her is she's like, you don't have to send me everything. So a lot of agencies are like, everything that you bring in, we take a cut of. And I don't think, like, I don't think a manager should get to touch my affiliate revenue. I don't think that, you know, if I have a friend that is like, we're going to pay you your full rate and, like, this and that, and there's no negotiations, like, that I should have to give a manager a cut of that cuz that's my relationship and my friend that's like here's your spo- your sponsored post and it's there's
0: no back and forth. All right. So I think that a lot of people, maybe myself included, look at influencers and say like that's a freaking sweet life. You're <laughs> like wake up in the morning, maybe go to yoga, take a couple really pretty pictures, post them, day's done. Boom. Like that's a good life, right? Yeah. Accurate. No. not accurate <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So, had a feeling let's talk about yeah. the actual nitty-gritty what do you do we know that you work really hard I know there's late nights there's like you're constantly on the go yeah. with work stuff that's also sometimes fun Yeah, a lot
1: of it is fun, but I will say I've stopped doing a lot of the stuff that looks fun because it's actually not fun. Like press trips, for example, they own you from like 7 or 8 in the morning until like 11 p.m. at night. So yes, you're posting fun Instagrams. You're like, I'm at this wine tasting. I'm doing this thing. But in reality, like you haven't gotten to look at your phone for like the full day. You haven't exercised. You're stressed out of your mind because like you have deadlines and like usually on these trips they will like – you for 12 hours, but be like, well, and we want you to post like three perfectly edited Instagram posts from the trip. I'm like, well, when am I going to create the content? Because you have me in these like structured activities for 14 hours. Like I don't have time. So I, was, I would go on a press trip and come home and get really sick because I was just so exhausted. And then, you know, your readers are like, I don't understand why you're complaining about being sick when you've just been on this idyllic vacation. You're like, well, it's not really idyllic, but I can't say that because then the brand's going to get upset and they're not going to want to work with me. So, guys, like the press trips, like I don't go on them unless like I'm like, If a hotel brand reaches out and is like, we want you to come down and I can do some work in my room and like experience their stuff, maybe have dinner at their restaurant, sure. But the big press trips, no more. Like that looks fun, it's not fun. A lot of of what we do is meant to look fun because who wants to follow an Instagram account where they look like they have a bad stressful life? (laughs) Like I don't want to follow that. Like do you want to see me like at midnight? Because this is an example. Yesterday I had jury duty. I was in jury duty from 8 until four thirty. i went home and scrambled to start writing my post but didn't have time because then i was meeting friends for dinner like yes okay so i had dinner with my friends like kill me there got home <laughs> at 10 and had to write the next day's blog post it was up until 1 a.m working so did you want to see me like sitting there like writing my blog post at 1 a.m nobody wants to see that so you show the fun dinner but you're not going to show the the really late night associated that. Or sponsored content, for example, that is so much work because every single like one sponsored Instagram, there is a contract for that. There is countless back and forth, forth with the brands to make sure that they're happy with the content. Um, there's usually a lot of photo shoots involved. There is, I mean, for me, the big thing is the community management and a lot of Here's a little hot tip, guys. A lot of influencers have an intern or somebody else answering those DMs. I answer them all myself. My friends at dinner last night were like, because we were talking about, she, she was talking about this influencer she follows. She's like, oh, yeah, I DM, DM her all the time. I was like, does she write back? And it was someone with the same size following as me. And she's like, no, no, she never writes back. And I was like, damn it. And I was like, I write back to every DM or at least give them a heart. My friend was like, I can't believe you do that. I'm like, it's yeah, part of I my job. Yeah, I can't believe you do that. I mean, I, I might just stop. I'm like real tired of the DMs, to be honest.
0: Well, so what What are the most common DMs you're getting?
1: Where is that from?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I
1: hate myself every time in my story. I'm like, my shoes are Loeffler-Randall. My dress is this brand, this, that. I'm wearing a size small. Like, do you know how annoying it is to write that every time? You know what's more annoying is getting 100 DMs saying, where are those shoes from? <laughs> Are are those shoes comfortable? I'm like you guys. I'm 37. Like I only wear comfortable shoes, so it's the constant. Where is that from? So that for everyone who is listening that follows me, that is why I say everything: the brand, the size, like whatever it is. Like I am not trying to be a walking billboard or ad, but you're kind of almost forced to because I just don't want to get questions. Like I want. Let me live my life. <laughs> like,
0: but also, I mean, your life is out there. So tell yeah. me about that line because. You have a hundred thousand people following you who yeah. love what you're showing and are like, Oh, well, it's her job to put this out there and share it. Where's the line of what
1: So I don't isn't, really think,
0: isn't your job? And that's in air quotes yeah. for people. I don't really see.
1: think it's my job to share everything. Like, like people can say that, but it's not. Like my job is to create a blog post for everyone to read Monday through Saturday. My blog is still my job. Instagram, like I don't make a lot of money from Instagram. I make some money, but my blog is still where I make most of my money. All my affiliate revenue comes from there. Affiliate revenue on Instagram is less than 10% for me, despite linking and sharing every <laughs> single detail of what I'm wearing. So I'm like, I could, Instagram could go away tomorrow and my business would be fine. So I do not consider sharing every detail of my life to be my job. I share because it's fun. Like I want to show like the fun things I'm doing. I think it adds a more human element so people can see that like I am a real person like this and that. But I do not consider that my job. And I also like don't consider the DMs my job. I just do it because I really do care so much about that relationship with my audience. But right now I say my blog and my podcast are my job. Instagram is like... It's more just for fun, but it's not fun. It takes up
0: way more time than. <laughs> I was gonna else. say that's hours and hours of your yeah. day that isn't actually then your job. Have you gotten pretty good at treating yourself as a business?
1: No, I mean I need to work on it. I'm well, it sound, on I
0: it. mean it sounded like you are at least getting better at like. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I am. It's just. Uh- a lot, of the, a lot of the work, it just, I, I, I don't think that I'm as professional as I could be. I really, like, miss the days when I first, before Instagram stories and, and DMs came boring thing, I could get all my work done between, like, eight and six and have, like, a normal life. And then I wasn't showing my life on Snapchat or stories because that didn't exist. And frankly, I miss those days, although I do think I have a better connection with my readers now because of it. So it's give and take, right?
0: Yeah. Um, Talk to me about your community you have a great Um, community
1: yes and so my favorite thing is I have a Facebook group it's called it's just the Stripe Facebook group and I love it because it's it's not just about me and what I think it's about you know people post and get travel advice and I'll chime in I'll be like oh I was at in Cartagena here are my favorite places but everyone is contributing so I love that um I feel like we're almost like this book club, and that's more with the podcast, but everyone's sharing book recommendations, and you know, I love when I do a blog post and readers start interacting in the comments section with each other and not just me, because I don't want my site to just be about me. I just launched a feature on my site called A Day in Her Life. I love it. Oh, good. I'm so glad, where I feature a different reader every, every other Friday. And that's been really fun. And I want to do more stuff like that because I don't want it all to be just about me. Of course, like it's my blog and it has to be, but I think that there's a much greater opportunity to showcase that I have so many amazing readers doing like way cooler jobs than like fashion blogging.
0: So what is the majority of your time spent doing?
1: Creating content and responding to stuff. I added it up and I hate this. I spend three, at least three hours a day on DMs.
0: Wow. Yeah. You should like maybe turn those off for like either a week at a time or like DMs are only open on Mondays, people. Get (laughs) them in and like maybe like block out like
1: yeah. See, that's where you're treating it like a business. Like you should do something like that. Because I I might start turning them off on the weekends. I just – so I I feel like my readers do so much for me. Like there was a Sephora partnership where you got it based on – reader testimonials. I got like over a thousand testimonials from people or coming to our live shows. So I'm like asking all of this from my community. Like I can be on DMs. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But I think I need to like maybe start turning them off on the weekends or something like that. I think that's a great idea. But three hours a day, like that could be another blog post or, you know, a whole photo shoot or like so much more because I'm very pragmatic i'm like i could be spending this time creating so much more content not sitting on my ass which i really need a day of sitting <laughs> on my ass like i think of it like as all the other things i could be doing for my site, for the podcast, if I wasn't on DMs.
0: Well, I like that you're immediately like, that's another post or another business thing. I'm like, that's a 20 mile run. Yeah, <laughs> like, we that all is have a our 20 things. mile. That's yeah. a fast
1: 20 mile run. Good that's a for you. that's a nine minute mile. 20. Yeah. Mile. I
0: couldn't do that right now. That was, <laughs> right now, that's like a 10 mile run for me with a bunch of stops to yeah. like go to the bathroom and take pictures. Let's be honest, <laughs> um, which is what most of my runs are these days. Let's pause for a moment to hear more about our sponsor, Aftershocks. We talk a lot about safety on the run. We talk about wearing bright, reflective clothes, and running with friends, and not running in sketchy places in the dark. then we go out in our bright clothes, in our safe spaces, in broad daylight, with headphones shoved in our ears so we can't hear a thing. This my friends is not safe. That's part of the reason I love Aftershocks headphones so much. They're wireless headphones that aren't like normal headphones or earbuds because they rest on top of and in front of your ears instead of inside them. I barely notice I'm even wearing the Trexair headphones because they're so light and comfortable, but they also keep me safe since they aren't blocking my ears. I have all my senses intact and I can hear what's happening around me, whether I'm on a busy road, a treadmill, or a race course. It's tuning in without tuning out. If you haven't bought a pair yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Jump on this deal while it's hot. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com to save $50 on Trex Air and Trex Titanium Endurance Bundles. That's ontherun.aftershocks.com. Now let's get back to Grace Atwood. So now that you are a full-time blogger, what's, yeah. the, what's, your, what's your preferred title? Blogger, influencer, what do you like?
1: A title, I would say the founder of the stripe.com and the co-host of bad on paper podcast which is a mouthful when I introduce myself to people or like on a dating app I'm like oh I run a small lifestyle website and I have a podcast why do you say small because we're not well and good or like but that's what I compare myself to because it's not really just a fashion site anymore I could say I have a fashion blog but I think it would be a big fashion blog or a small lifestyle website So I call it a small
0: website. (laughs) I'm like, let's get into the psychology of (laughs) this. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love all of your um, dating posts, by the way. Oh, really? Thank you. Yeah, bring them back. I like all the dating stuff. I think it's fun to read about.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it is. I just, I've been leaning into work like real hard lately. So I have not had, I have not been on a date. I'm going on a date this week. So that'll be good. But I... I haven't had anything to say. Like, and I had told my readers I was going to do a post about online dating. And then I got crazed because we, like, announced a live show tour for our podcast. And like, the podcast started to, like, do really well. And now we're working with advertisers. And it's just been like a a whole second job. So I'm like, I can't date. I do not have time for men.
0: (laughs) Well, I should clarify. I like your message about dating, which, like, your whole (laughs) message about, like, marriage, dating, all of it. Just give us, like, your elevator pitch there
1: yeah so I mean I've only just gotten more comfortable saying this but I'm pretty sure I don't want kids so that gives you a totally different outlook on dating because I'm not in a rush anymore like I'm not feeling like the the ovaries like singing a song being like
0: you know (laughs) I want a
1: baby like I don't look at children and and think I want that like I have the most amazing niece and the most amazing nephews and I love them and I love my friends kids but I just don't have that ache So I think at the end of the day, like, my perspective on dating is going to be a lot different. Like, I want a partner, and I want to find that. But if I don't – if it takes me five years to find that perfect person, it takes me five years, and I'll be 42 and, like, maybe won't be able to have a child. Like, maybe – but maybe when I'm 42, I will want a child. Like, who knows? So I just have this attitude in that, like, I want to make my life as awesome as possible. I want to, like, grow the stripe. I want to grow Bad on Paper – and I'm really focused on work and like anything else is just extra and fun. And like guys are just kind of – I also have like the most incredible group of women in my life. Like I have such great friends. I've been making all of these amazing friends from the podcast who feel similar to me that are like really focused on their their jobs and doing really cool things. So I think I would love to be in a relationship, but it would have to be like the right one. I had a boyfriend this winter. People were congratulating me as if like – I had won the Nobel Peace Prize, you guys. Like, I, I, like, do not congratulate someone on getting in a relationship. Congratulate them on getting engaged or married. But like, oh, congratulations on your boyfriend.
0: You did it. You did it. You can truly be happy now. Now you're successful. Yes.
1: We have um, the Girls Gotta Eat girls coming on my podcast soon. And they were like, well, actually, it is an accomplishment in New York with the quality of men. I was like, true. But I wasn't happy. Like, I liked him, but I was. I felt restless. I I knew that he definitely wants kids and, like, could not wait to settle down. And that was very overwhelming to me. And I was like, you know, hey, like, I'm working really hard. And, like, I think he would have been – he's a great guy but would be happy maybe being a stay-at-home dad. And that's – I want, like, I want to be in a power couple. Like, I want someone who's just as, like, super motivated and, like – Probably also doesn't want kids, so <laughs> it's hard to find. But, you know, it, it just is what it is.
0: Well, I loved what you, I loved what you said about that. congratulate yeah. me.
1: <laughs> it's yes. so good. I was like, really? I just launched a podcast. I have a live show coming up. I'm doing all this stuff. I grew my blog. Like, I'm f***ing tired and, like, <laughs> killing myself to kill it in my career. And you're going to congratulate me on this? Like, being out at a bar <laughs> with a cute guy? Like, great. He's great. He was a – he – is wonderful like we are friends but no do not congratulate me on that like that and then that made me like even more apprehensive about being in a relationship because i was like fuck this
0: (laughs) you don't need no man
1: yeah sorry i'm allowed to swear (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. we're
0: fine and
1: again i do want to be in a relationship but it needs to be like the right one
0: I remember reading in a post that you wrote, this is off the topic of dating, though I do very much enjoy that conversation. Um, I remember you saying something that when you started blogging, you knew people were making fun of it. Oh, my God. But you kept going. Talk to me about that.
1: Well, this was really hard because when I did start my blog, I had a boyfriend and his friends loved to make fun of my blog. It was really hard. To your face? Sometimes. To him? Like, how did you know? I knew because, like, I remember him saying... Maybe my friends would like you more if you weren't always <gasps> posting, like, all these selfies and things to social media. It was very hard because, so he was very wealthy, and when I met him, he was kind of, like, the source of the fun for his friends. Like, they were all much younger. We were in our 20s and early 30s, and so they would, go like, go to his house and, like, do drugs and, like, get wasted and things, and then, like, we got serious, and I moved in, and I was, like, I'm not comfortable with, like, cocaine being done in our house or, like, things or like that. On my
0: laptop. Yes,
1: <laughs> Or, like, on my grandmother's china, which actually did happen. I woke up one morning, like, this is, oh, God. I've never talked about any of this before. I woke up one morning, and there was, like, cocaine on my grandmother's plate. And I had never done drugs and was, like, very horrified by this. So I was, like, immediately branded as, like, the not fun one. So they were going to find anything that was wrong with me. Like, they just didn't like me. They didn't like me for him. We were broken up, and he was not right for me. Like, we, again, it come. I need someone ambitious, and he... <laughs> He didn't have the ambition that I have, like, at the end of the day. Like, he was very – it's hard to date someone very wealthy because they don't understand when – for me at least. Like, there's – there. I don't want to generalize, but, like – this was hard for me because he never had to work to get things, right? Like, I was like, I want the new Gucci loafers, and I'm going to kill myself to, like, be able to afford something like that. And he'd be like, babe, I can just buy you those. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not the same thing if it just comes easy, right? So where am I going with this? <laughs> they they made fun of me. They didn't get it. And now it's funny because a lot of – some of his good friends' wives have since reached out and like, I want to start a blog. Can you, like, help me with that? I was like, I know you made fun of me, but, like, okay <laughs> – and, like, you know, always be nice to people, right? But, um, you know, I would see things on on social media, like, being like, oh, are you going to blog about that, like, to each other? And I was the only blogger in the group, so, like, I knew it was a dig at me. Like, I'm not dumb. But, you know, I just kept doing it because I believed in it, and I thought it was fun, and, hey, it got me that job at Bobble Bar, so, like, who knew where else it could lead? Then I started making money from it. Then I started being featured in magazines, and, like, he would be all, uh, like, oh, my God, that's so cool. But then, like, if I had to get up at 6 a.m. to go do that photo shoot, he wasn't, like, super psyched about that. Hmm. So I think – It's too
0: bad it didn't work out.
1: And It's just, it just too great. bad. <laughs> you know, I probably wouldn't – I remember – but I remember when we were breaking up being like, I would quit my blog. Like, and I'm so Young. f***ing glad I didn't do that. <laughs> like, it was the – it was, like, a real heartbreak. Like, I thought we were going to get married. Like, he had asked – this is so gossipy, I guess, because it's not my podcast. I yeah. don't care. <laughs> he had asked my father for permission. So he let down not just me, but, like, also my whole family. Like, so bad. Jerk. So it was very bad. But out of that, I learned, like, never rely on anyone else. Like, be independent and always believe in yourself. Like, if if a partner is going to tear down what you do. He didn't ever tear it down because his friends are like being like, maybe they'd like you if you weren't posting selfies. Yeah,
0: not sticking up for you. Exactly.
1: That was more it. Like, he never, to my face, made me feel bad. But the, the lack of sticking up for me was just as bad.
0: Yeah. I had one of those once. I had a relationship where his, like, sister and her little girlfriends used to read my stuff and make fun of it and it's yeah. so bad. People are mean.
1: People are mean. But guess
0: what? We're all doing fine now. Yeah, so we're all
1: doing suck great. It. <laughs>
0: exactly. Amazing. Um yeah. one of the things I remember you did a Q and A recently and you were like, ask whatever you want and I don't know the number because I don't have the behind the scenes, but a lot of people were asking you about money. Or you asked oh, misconceptions. And a lot of people. thought I was
1: rich. Yeah. I was like, that's cute. Or that you
0: came from money, too. Yeah.
1: I mean, I came from, I had a nice life. But, like, I bought my first car with my own money from waiting tables at my parents' restaurant. It was $3,500. It was a 1992 Ford Taurus in ice mocha. I would work to get, to buy, like, I remember, like, I was, I was very small. I didn't hit puberty till like junior year. I remember saving up to buy overalls at Gap Kids when I was in like eighth or ninth grade. I had nice things, but I also like worked. Like- I
0: love that you act with integrity first. That's something that I feel a lot when I'm Thank reading you. your blog following you you I was listening to an episode that you and Becca did on your podcast where you were talking about what it's actually like working for yourself and you talked about turning down a very lucrative offer with a brand so so
1: first of all I actually feel (laughs) terrible about that because I did that I said that and then like the next day I had two good friends post sponsored content for that brand and I was like Like, I hope they don't think I was talking about them. Because, you know, we record in advance. So I was talking about the money that I turned down. I turned down, like, it was high five figures for, like, a handful of posts. Like, it was so much money for, like, not a lot of work. And But you turned it down. (laughs) I turned it down. But then I felt so shitty snarking on it because, like, and I I just, like, I never want to. Because I don't.
0: You were honest about what was right for you, right?
1: Yes. But I just felt badly because. I would never want one of my friends To listen to that and feel like I was talking about them behind their back almost, but like in a public behind their back podcast.
0: <laughs> well, okay, let's talk about the situation though. So it yeah. was so Walmart reached yeah, Walmart. out for sponsored posts, yeah. which I'm sure anyone who's listening has recently seen, but a bunch of sponsored yeah, posts it's, from Instagram. I mean, it's completely
1: taken over my feed,
0: yeah. Which I mean, now that I'm like, wait, high five figures, you send them my way, I'll go to Walmart. I don't even know where right? there's a Walmart. Oh, there near isn't many, even but... one in the
1: city, so it, it's not, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, so you turned it down. Yes. So
0: there's there's a big number staring at you. There's like, yeah. we'll say $90,000 for for, you know a it wasn't couple that much but it was but a for lot. the story this is my show now <laughs> yes okay. ninety thousand dollars ninety
1: thousand dollars no
0: but however much it was <laughs> that they're offering you for like you said not a lot of work but yeah. you couldn't do it you didn't do it
1: no i mean it's just gonna dilute my brand and so i write about target all the time because i love, I love target. target and that's different like yes they're similar price points i don't think that walmart There's a lot, been a lot in the news about how they treat their employees i don't i i don't want to shop there
0: but that's, I mean, but that's a good thing for your community. You talked earlier about this community that you've built that trusts you. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They're All, not stupid.
1: Yeah, and at the end of the day, as a influencer, blogger, content creator, whatever you want to call it, my currency is my reader's trust. So, yes, I will. I will take as much money as brands that I like want to pay me, and fortunately, there's enough demand for that. But if I talk about something that's crap on my site – And somebody goes and buys that $20 dress that maybe, like, photographs really cute for Instagram. And they buy it, and, like, it gives them BO and scratches them and makes them upset. Like, that, I just, I gave them a shitty
0: recommendation, and I can't do that. And that's another DM you're going to have to respond to. (laughs) Oh, another bad DM. hey, this was crap. Yeah, hey, I bought the dress, and it sucks. Do you get much negative feedback?
1: Yes and no. So, again, like, with the whole, like, no kids thing, I've gotten a lot of people telling me I'm cold.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. And I am well, kind of cold. Well, but. I was going to say, if you own that, who cares? Wait, really? Of all things, yeah, that shocks me. That
1: and um, Who
0: cares if you don't want kids?
1: I used to get a lot of things about my posture, and I've been working really oh hard God, on my posture. Oh, God, as I'm sitting here really slouched. Like, she slouches or, like, she needs a hairbrush. I actually i have gotten a lot of comments on the podcast because – Podcast comments are a whole nother animal, which oh, I'm sure you've experienced. I
0: know. <laughs> she
1: sounds like a bored teenager with a mouthful of rocks. She needs to stop saying yeah so much because she's not paying attention. She's very jealous of that guest. Or poor Becca gets that Becca's mean to me. Becca's my best friend. She's not mean to me. She's a little snarky, but like that's our dynamic. I'm snarky too. It just doesn't
0: translate it so well. Amazing, but I don't. I I like that you're laughing. It doesn't seem like this bothers you. Is there ever stuff that bothers you, or are you pretty good about it?
1: Um, you know, in the beginning, the podcast stuff was really bothering me because I was like, well, I can't change my voice. It's just how I sound, and that would really bother me. And at the t- we almost you called.
0: can change your voice. Elizabeth Holmes from Theranos did it. Yeah, just talk like a frat bro. You like, sound amazing. Should I talk like Elizabeth? <laughs> It's hard. It's so weird. Power to her. She's a total weirdo. She's a total weirdo. (laughs) That takes commitment to change your voice. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So... We almost stopped podcasting this winter because I was so busy with my oh, blog. Okay. I thought
0: you were going to say because of the comments.
1: No, not because of the comments. But I was like, people don't like it. And it's just like so much work. And we're not really, we weren't making, we're, we're only just, we still haven't paid ourselves. But we're only just becoming profitable. We were about to pay ourselves and then we realized we need to incorporate. So now that, that the money we were going to pay ourselves is going to the accountant.
0: It's very glamorous. <laughs> this it's very life. glamorous.
1: So, like, it's been a year of podcasting. Have not made a dollar from it. Like, just want to throw that out there. So, it's it, again, this life is not all that glamorous. It's not all that lucrative, but we're in it because we think we're building something and there is potential. So, do you love what you're doing? I do. I absolutely love it. I wake up so happy and excited every day. I mean, there's days where I'm like, I'm f-ing tired and I don't want to get out of bed, but I love what I do. I love my readers. I feel very lucky in that I have the nicest kindest blog readers like one of them sent me a dm today being like you look so good it looks like you're aging backwards and I was like thank you I love you but I have this like amazing Keep the DMs on. Woman. I, I'm keeping the dms on I complain <laughs> about them but it's only because they just take up so much of my day and I think of, again I think about what I could be doing with that time instead
0: yeah. no I just mean because that one was so nice that one was so nice. well let those ones through? you yeah. need a filter yeah. like a That's what the intern does. If you tell me I'm aging backwards, I will
1: love your DM.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you launched your podcast, Bad on Paper. Very exciting. You seemed genuinely shocked that you sold out your live show.
1: Oh, we were. Well, so Caroline's reached out to us. And I remember forwarding the email to Becca and being like, we should take this call. And she's like, do they have the right people? And I was like, I don't know, but we'll do it. So we take the call. The woman there who's in charge of booking, her name is Caroline. So it was Caroline at Carolines, which was so confusing was such a gem. She was so genuinely excited about our podcast. So, like, her excitement made us excited. Was she
0: a fan of of either of yours? Is that how they found you? Yes. So she
1: was a listener. And I think because, you know, these larger podcasts, like A Girl's Gotta Eat and The Betches Podcast, we're doing these live shows. Caroline's was like, we got to get on this. So we were like, we don't think we can, like, we don't think we can fill your room. It's 300 people. Like, we thought it was 500 people at the time. It's 300 people. She says to us, as long as you can get sixty people, we'll be psyched. It's a Monday night, and Mondays are slow anyway. I was like, "Great! We each have thirty friends that we can drag." You know, so we started planning it, and you know, within the first day, we sold like a hundred tickets. And I was like, "Becca, we're gonna sell this thing out!" And I don't know where that confidence came from. Like, Becca calls it mediocre white man confidence, and I think <laughs> that is just absolutely hilarious. Oh, I put that on my Instagram one day and got a
0: lot of negative oh, feedback Oh yeah, I'm there. sure. I'm and sure. Was like
1: and also anytime I talk about politics, I get well, yeah. but like unfollow, move along. Yeah, like, it's fine. The, the internet's
0: angry about everything. It's fine.
1: Yeah. So, um we and we sold it out. It was crazy. But I definitely did not see – I did not see a market for this. So it's funny because we were talking to Ashley and Raina from Girls Gotta Eat, and that was always their vision was to do these live shows because Ashley is a comedian, and she was like, this was our vision. And we were like, whoa, this was not our vision. Like, I just – frankly, just wanted to get more people to my blog. I was like, well, if we get more listeners on iTunes, I can get them to come to my blog. And it's all getting everyone into the funnel to my blog because that's always in
0: my <laughs> You focus. sound like a mastermind. <laughs>
1: I know, I am. I, I mean, I've got that PNG marketing. Like, come to my blog. Um, So it was just, I saw it as a way to grow the blog. And it just turned into so much more than that. And now we have five lo- live shows in other cities com- coming up, which is so exciting.
0: Yeah, talk about the tour.
1: So we are going to... Chicago, D.C., Boston, Charleston, and Nashville. And we just reached out to City Winery and we're like, we sold out this show at Caroline's. Like, would you be interested? And I don't know what ticket sales are like. Like, we only this – we're recording in advance, I assume. We only announced the tour – Two days ago. So we don't know. Like hopefully it's selling well. Like,
0: Well, if you're in any of those cities, go check them out. Yeah.
1: If you're in those cities, come. <laughs> it's going to be really fun. We play games. We talk about books. We talk about friendship. We
0: take tequila shots. Like the whole thing. It's great. Amazing. All right. All right before we get into our sprint to the finish round, I want to oh, yeah. talk about confidence. I love talking yeah. about confidence. Talk to me about your road to being where you are now, which seems pretty self-assured, pretty confident that, hey, you think I'm cold? Okay. Maybe <laughs> okay. I am cold. Like, yeah. you know, you know who you are and you're like, yeah. it seems like you're at a good place in your life with that. Talk to me about the road to confidence.
1: I think, honestly, it's really been this year that I've gotten a lot more confident. I honestly think it was the podcast. I don't know what it was. I think, actually, I do know what it was. Like, there is this quote somewhere. It's like, there's nothing better than to be fully yourself and be loved for that. Like, I think, you know, and I've always thought about that with, like, friends and, like, a romantic partner. That you want to be able to be completely yourself. Like, all your weird things. And have them love you anyway. So, I feel that way about our podcast audience. Like, we sit with our listeners for an hour and a half and we sometimes are so weird. We talk about how like we just want to be like under our gravity blankets with a book and our cat and like people really relate to that. And so I think that this year I really learned that I could just be myself completely and people would respond to that and that was such a good feeling. And then when we did our live show like being on stage like my ego was just like through the roof. Like I was like this is so great. But I just think that having a network that like loves you no matter what whether that's your friends which I have that or this like group of listeners and blog readers that really helps and I would also say I think that this whole body positivity movement is has like really helped me because you know I see someone like you know every, we all have those days like I hate my thighs like they're like you know I've always like running everything like I've got thighs right you know what I I I don't really care anymore I'm like well I can run and I can do yoga and and this thing and that thing and like seeing so many girls on Instagram that are not like this like ideal size or whatever you want to call it looking amazing I'm like oh I'm just gonna like wear that thing and not care if I look really skinny and not dress to hide my body but dress in a way that makes me happy
0: all right we have to talk about the the inclusive sizing stuff
1: it came actually from watching Katie Storino's story. She was at Theory, and she talks about Make My Size all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Theory, like, hit such a note with me. Probably because it was one of my favorite. It's a great, they have great clothing. But she had been in there, and they didn't have anything above a size 10. The sales girl was so rude to her. And I was like, F- that makes me so angry. And I started to think about it, and it's like, Theory has, like, all these women shopping there, and, like, I would go into theory and just like find my size and like see a size bigger than I wear, a size smaller than I wear, not even think about it, right? Like you're just, you go in, you're, you're busy, you find your size and you leave. And I just started to think, A, the privilege that comes with that. So I, I can go to any store in New York and find something that fits. Other people can't. Or just like being treated nicely. I mean, I don't think that the salespeople at theory are ever particularly nice. <laughs> so I started to think about that. And then I started to think about that it can't just be one group of women screaming at brands to like increase their size range like it can't just be the plus size community or not even plus like i've since learned that like a plus is like way above like a 16 it's like 18 like up through like 40 so it's not it's it's not even theory is just not even carrying to like a full range of sizes like like let alone plus like they most I believe that brands need to carry up to at least an 18 or a 20 like the average size woman in the U.S. is a size 16 to 18 which like again things I didn't know because you're just I think it's really easy to think not think about things that don't affect you and that goes that goes for politics that goes for race that goes for size like the whole thing like then I had people being like well why don't you only support cosmetic brands that include all colors i'm like i'm trying i'm just like trying to do the best i can like you know your eyes just get open to more and more stuff
0: so you've been on this inclusive sizing mission you and katie went out together you went shopping together what was that like video on
1: instagram that was really it was really fun because everything with katie is fun she is the most fun person but it was also disheartening like she was like i'm tired like you know, going into stores and just constantly trying things on that you think are cute and you can't fit into them. Like when the biggest size at Rag & Bone is a large, like not even an extra large, like
0: that's crazy. So you're now shopping at, you've been, um, was this for a certain amount of time that you've yeah. just been supporting brands that offer full sizes?
1: Yeah, so we're just first month so my challenge was to only shop at brands that offer at least a size 16 or XXL which is not even plus size.
0: Before we will sprint to the finish here let's talk about running.
1: Yes let's talk Talk about to running. me about
0: Grace the runner.
1: So I was a lifelong runner I ran cross country track and indoor track all through high school. Um, when I got to college I ran a season of cross country and then I quickly lost interest in that and pledged a sorority. Um, I did not really run a lot through college I kind of lost interest in it I think that my life was so structured in high school so I really appreciated being able because you have to be really disciplined with running Um, so I really appreciated being able to just like go out and party on Saturday night and not think about a track meet or a cross-country meet or any of that so I didn't really run a lot then I got to I, I graduated college and I was working in and I don't know about you but my first nine to five was a real wake-up call and like all that sitting suddenly I gained like 15 pounds and was like oh like my pants don't fit anymore like so I got back into running and then I got into it in such a major way that I was like I'm gonna do a marathon so I and then I started dating this guy who was also a runner so we were like that cute running couple and I ran my first marathon with team in training it was the Nike woman's Marathon and I picked that because the medal was a Tiffany necklace (laughs) and Ghirardelli was a sponsor so you got chocolate along the way and Nike was a sponsor so we got like dry fit stuff I was like all about the swag I loved that marathon. It was so much fun. And then I got like a little mini like marathon bug. I ended up running Boston the following year. Um, and that was amazing. I did not qualify, but I ran that for another charity. And that was like one of the best experiences of my life because I was living in New York at the time. But I went back to Boston where all my college girlfriends were from and got to see them. And my parents came and cheered me on. And I was run- I ran with that same boyfriend. I beat him. So that was good. But... Um, that was, I got, I got really into that. And then I did Chicago and I was kind of over marathons at that point and realized that like, you know, when you're like really dreading something, I was like, Ooh, I don't think I'm into this. But then off and on, I, I pretty much, I'm like now, like I love like a good, like three or four mile run. And that's like good for me. I actually couldn't run for a little bit. I like, I think I hurt my hips like it would just be like every day like my hips and my low back would really hurt. So I got really into yoga and I think yoga is like fixed my body because I can run again.
0: It's the perfect compliment. Yeah, it is. They're a good team.
1: They are a really good team, but I love running.
0: So are you running these days?
1: Yes, Um, I love I live in Williamsburg, so I love running through Domino Park and then like along the river, like along Kent Avenue. And I usually run into Greenpoint. Sometimes I'll do like a loop around that park up there and then run home. It's not a long run,
0: but I I love it. Like three or four miles max. Perfect. Well, in the spirit of running, are you ready to sprint to the finish? I'm ready
1: to sprint. All
0: right. What would your last meal on earth be?
1: So it would be, I would go to 167 Raw in Charleston. I would have, and I know this question because it's a hinge prompt. Um, and I would have Their lobster roll and their tuna burger, which are two of my favorite things. Usually I go with a friend and we'll split either sandwich. But if it's my last meal on earth, I'm going to gorge myself and eat both. Yeah,
0: no, definitely don't share. Maybe some
1: ice cream after.
0: Favorite TV show?
1: Oh, Game of Thrones. I named my cat after Tyrion. Favorite movie? Oh, (laughs) that's really hard. Um, That actually is hard hitting, Allie. I know. I know. Mean Girls, like it's not really my favorite movie, but it just came to
0: mind. It's a classic. Yeah. It's a good one. No, I like it. It's what comes to mind. Yeah, it's just what comes to here. mind.
1: I also think about Goodwill Hunting a lot. I don't know why that just came to mind.
0: <laughs> Biggest pet peeve.
1: Oh God, people who DM me, where's that from? When I already said where it's from, or <laughs> slow walkers. Like I, I like I walk really fast, um, and I get very annoyed when people that's like the slowly.
0: quintessential new york city pet peeve yeah. slow walkers yeah. everywhere else in the country they're like people who shove me on the sidewalk i'm like but we have to walk elbows out it's yeah. the only way to do it's the it The only way to do it dream bad on paper podcast guest oh eva chen dream brand partner
1: um dunkin donuts <laughs> I'm lucky I've worked with like pretty much all my dream partners because it's been, you know, nine years of this. But we have this constant joke because we always get Duncan before we, re- we record. And we're like, when is Duncan going to sponsor us?
0: Yeah, this is a good market for them to get into.
1: But it's hilarious because they had a whole round of like influencers doing sponsored posts about them. And I was like, Duncan, I am your biggest loyal fan. Like, why won't you sponsor me?
0: not yet they haven't yeah. the time your time will come you need to
1: get on their radar by harassing them on instagram daily i, I don't it. but i always tag them I'm like duncan why aren't you sponsoring me Amazing. and i'm kidding but i'm i'm not but not like, give me some
0: money yeah dream vacation
1: um oh i you know i'm so lucky i hit my top three bucket list destinations this past summer i did southeast asia and morocco and um what was the other one cuba so those were like my big 3. I did those, but I would love to go to India and I would love to go to Japan. And I really want to spend some time in South America because I've never been. Oh, and Mexico City.
0: Just, I have a, a, few. just yeah, a few, just a few on the list. Things. <laughs> Most popular post you've ever published.
1: Oh gosh. The, anything dating related and then I did a um I did this post about what is the proper order to apply all of your skincare products. And that was just coming out of the DMs because people would be like, when do I put serum on? When do I put face oil on? So I just spelled it out. And like that did, that like went viral.
0: Wow. go girl. (laughs) We've kind of (laughs) answered this one. Question you're most likely to get asked in your DMs. Where's that from? (laughs) (laughs) If you could only shop at one store or website for the rest of your life other than Walmart, what would it be?
1: (laughs) definitely walmart and i'm so sorry to like the friends that i hopefully didn't piss off there um the i would say nordstrom because they carry such a great range and they've got beauty and and this like they have everything greatest fear greatest fear is um having to get a boss
0: (laughs) all-time favorite book
1: devil in the white city
0: favorite author
1: Oh, God, that's really hard. I'm going to say Emily Giffen, but I have so many other favorites. She writes really great, like, light, fun books. Yeah.
0: If you could recommend one book for everyone to read for fun today, what would it be?
1: Um, oh, The Idea of You by Robin Lee. So this is, Becca on our podcast was like, you need to read this. I was like, I am not going to read this. It sounds like trash. Then like I basically got ganged up in our Facebook group because everyone was like, when is Grace going to read this, this and that. So we went to Mexico on vacation, and I read it in a day. (laughs) It is basically Harry Styles fan fiction, but it's surprisingly well-written. And it's about this chic 40-year-old divorcee who takes up with a 25-year-old version of Harry Styles the sex scenes are amazing the plot is amazing but it left me like gutted and I need a sequel and so now I harass Robin Lee on Instagram to give us a sequel like every day
0: all right let's all go read that book I go love read it. it it's amazing <laughs> where was your first real kiss
1: oh gosh that was in my car in my parents' um, garage. Well, not garage. The driveway to the, to the, the restaurant it was my high school boyfriend, Ted.
0: Aww. Yeah, still
1: friends with him. He's a great guy.
0: Where was your most recent kiss?
1: Oh, outside of my apartment against... I have this, like, metal gate.
0: Nice. Yes. Yeah. What is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? Travel alone. Who was your childhood celebrity crush? Donnie Wahlberg. What celebrity now would you love to be stuck in an elevator with?
1: Ooh. Ben Affleck I still really? have, I still have that a thing for him
0: even with that back tattoo
1: I don't know about the back tattoo. Okay. don't
0: ruin him for me I'm about to oh no
1: now I'm gonna google it or Paul Rudd I love
0: him oh he's good um, also aging backwards
1: yeah he looks great he's amazing or Ryan Reynolds but he's married to Blake and like I could mm. never take
0: him from Blake That's she's so nice so beautiful. you're so nice uh if you could go for a run with anyone who would it be I could
1: go for a run with anyone Oprah I just Ooh. think that would be fun
0: yeah I love that what has been the best day of your life so far
1: Our podcast live show.
0: Tell me three things you love about yourself.
1: I think I'm funny, even if no one else does. I think I'm smart. And I think that I'm kind.
0: Last thing I need from you, give everyone listening a reason to run today.
1: Because you're going to feel better. No one ever regrets a workout.
0: Grace, you're amazing. You're so fun. I love what you're doing. Like I said, I love the whole act with integrity thing. I think that's so important. It's a crowded internet space out there and what you're doing stands out. So keep it up.
1: Oh, thank you so much. This was so much fun.
0: Yay. Thank you so much for joining Grace and me for this episode of the Alley on the Run show. Now here's your internet to-do list. Follow Grace on Instagram at Grace Atwood. Read her blog at thestripe.com, subscribe to the Bat on Paper podcast, and even better, check out one of their live shows this summer. While you're clicking things, make sure you're following me on Instagram and Twitter at Ally on the Run 1 and on the Alley on the Run Facebook page. And don't just listen to this show, make sure you are subscribed to it so you don't miss a thing. There's tons of bonus episodes coming out so you don't want to miss them. Rate the show, review it really just go all in on your screen time today. Last thing on your list, don't forget to get some Aftershocks wireless headphones. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com to save $50 on all endurance bundles. Now go work your butt off doing something you love. And thanks for joining me on the run.